podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. Neil Atkinson, Andy Heaton, Tim Smith and John Gibbons with you now until half past seven. Uh, very much looking forward to our footballing weekend. Uh, and first and foremost, the novelty, the novelty factor not to be sniffed at, Tim. Saturday night football, before we do league versus cup debates and all that sort of stuff, Saturday night football, it feels like it might be the shape of things to come. I'm quite excited. Yeah, it's good. I mean, well, I think as Jürgen Klopp said before, it's well better than 12 o'clock, isn't it, really? Let's be honest. <laughs> Did Jürgen say that in his press conference? Yeah. He said it's better than 12 o'clock because everyone can go out before or, or and or afterwards, he said, didn't he, I think so. Yeah, it'll be good. I'll tell you what, the extent to which Jürgen should be doing our show is ridiculous. <laughs> it's, he's very into the brand values. He's like, he said something as well, like, 12 o'clock. That's what I'm hungry then. That's when I have my lunch. So, I mean, it'll be, <laughs> I can just imagine next lunchtime game, him just starving. Yeah, have a sandwich <laughs> on the sidelines. I'd like to see that. But it'll be, yeah, it'll be it'll be good. It's a, it's a nice time. Obviously, everyone who's got an and a, and a, I guess a, a better half has got to make some excuses to be able to go out before, obviously during and probably after as well, which is always a bit difficult. But yeah, it seems like a better time, better time than some of the other times which get bandied about sort of twelve forty five. I'm with I'm with Jürgen a hundred percent, Andy. This is better than Saturday lunchtime. I don't know. You know the ways in which Liverpool Football Club can complicate my life. <laughs> you know Saturday night matches. Valentine's Day games away in Portugal. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, I'm very anti Jürgen on this. It's just too much for me. I'm, I'm, You're overwhelmed. It, may, it makes things very complicated, put it that way. Um, John, you're just all in, aren't you? Yeah, it's a little bit late for me. Uh, if you know, if I'm nitpicking, if your idea, so your idea would be the half five. Yeah, I think so, or maybe maybe half six, which we haven't had yet. But you know, we're just making up kickoff time. Twenty-five so to seven. <laughs> uh, half six, I think. You know, uh, an option. An option to be in town just after nine, I think, is what I'm after. I know uh, exactly what you mean. Yeah, so, but but after half seven, you know, I'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm a very open man, Neil, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll try new things, I'll experiment. Um, <laughs> so, so half seven, Saturday night, I'll let you know. Do let me know, do feedback uh, as, to, as to how it all goes. Let's let's see how it goes. The only other thing on it is it's not great from a way perspective. And if that if it does come in next season, John, it isn't great from the, the, the old public transport and all that. But that's where at times, you know, I do actually, I've got a bit, I think that football football people do have to make decisions in the framework of the nation as a whole as it exists but there's another part of me going well firstly there's such no, a such a popular away support and culture in England which for instance is an example that isn't in Spain but also you they must just think at times all these people banging on about the trains well we, we don't sort the trains out the trains should be better do you know what I mean it's not football's fault public transport's rubbish at times yeah. but it, it should obviously be taken into account but I just think well if, if, if the public transport in this country was better then we could probably get better match times yeah it's I mean trains are only relevant for certain games anyway I mean I don't know anyone who's getting the train to West Brom you know what I mean you drive or you get a coach or whatever because it's you know it's, it's in it's in and out kind of thing so so for the London ones it is so convenient so that's what it annoys me a bit when, when they eliminate that as an option but as you say is that is that up to, up to the Premier League I'd I'd always think if you know the, the later you go or the earlier you go the, the more you have to more more to think about travelling distance than, than you do about things like trains I think you know when they, when they put Newcastle you know, down at Southampton at half twelve, you think someone's taking the mick. But if it's you know, you know, if it's West Brom coming to Liverpool on the Saturday night, then I'm, I'm sure they're probably quite looking forward to it. They are indeed. They can go out in town as well. If you're listening to this as West Bromwich Albion supporter, cut loose, have a great night. Uh, throw yourself in and become part of Liverpool's fabulous nighttime economy. Best city in the country to go out in. Uh, what are we expecting then from Liverpool, Andy? And that not just what we're expecting, but what, we, what, what should we be looking to do? And this is, I think, your, it's almost your key question. We've got we we slipped up against Swansea. We've got Huddersfield on the horizon. Not too long after this one, what should what what's the right course in terms of approaching the FA Cup? Certainly in the fourth and fifth round matches, if we get there. I don't know. You know, I think I think the strike back is is the next league fixture. I know that I know that the manager quoted that in his press conference that we need uh, earlier in the week. We need to strike back. I think tomorrow. Look, I, I love a good cup run, uh, but all the soundings are. That you know, it, sh- it might be what you might refer to as shadow squad. I'm expecting Mingle to start in goal. They've already said Lalana's out injured again. Um, I think you play what's in front of you. Um, but I think West Brom. There's a chance that West Brom might might go in full tilt either, given their predicaments as well. So I might give them a chance to try a couple of new things and try and get some some minutes and sharpness into a couple of the fringe players, Daniel Sturridge uh, especially. Um, 
on my on, on this, I think fitness and sharpness is a big deal, Tim. And I think that they didn't look sharp against Swansea in general, anyway. But you know, certainly fitness and sharpness through the squad does become a thing. And I, there's a really basic sort of mathematic principle, I think, which is every game Liverpool play means that it's one less game to play this season. If you sort of know what I mean, as mad yeah, as that yeah. sounds, we go from sort of saying, "Well, we played 33 to played 34 to played 35." versus the, the number that there are to come, even in the best possible world where we make two finals and play all the league games, it gets knocked down one on that. But at the same time, you do think this is this is an, an occasion where Liverpool will want to be able to really push uh, push the fitness of the fringe players because if we are, if we do fulfil our ambitions, they are going to have a role to play because we just haven't got the numbers. Yeah, I don't think, given sort of the, the what Klopp said before in his press conference, I think there's a few more injuries in the squad than maybe what we first realised because Clavin's not playing, yeah. he's, he's injured. Milner's got a dead leg, so he's a doubt. Obviously, like Andy just said there, well, like I said, Lallana's not playing as well. So what became maybe where he did have a few choices in, in within the squad to make, to get those fringe players some legs and some fitness into them, that some of those decisions are now be taken away because there's going to be probably a few more playing. You're probably even getting to the point where you might even change a little bit of a formation to get and maybe a, fr- a front two up front, and then then you'd have maybe a, a Ben Woodburn in the squad that you haven't seen all year and things like that, because then if, if there's if Van Dijk going to play again after only playing on Monday after being injured, you don't know, so then you're back to, back to the centre-half could end up being first choice, couldn't he, really? But then he's also talking about Henderson maybe being fit enough to step back in, so yeah, it's a, it's a funny one, because all the ones who probably needed some, some game time after not playing for the last couple of weeks have all turned out to be injured or sick, it looks like. so. <laughs> that, that, that's the balancing act, isn't it? I mean, the temptation might be to try and give Henderson a bit of legs and now you're risking because of the shorts and now you get him injured again and then there's players who've played more or less every week who you want to give a rest to and then you risk them, they get injured. You know, it's... It, that, well, this is this is where the having a look at part, John, is 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 one of the you know you, I think you tweeted this week that there does seem to be some sort of plan at Liverpool never to let Ben Woodburn play a competitive game again, and that he doesn't get that much time for the under twenty threes anymore. Yeah, we played three times of the weekend that he didn't play any of the games, and he surely should play for one of the age groups. You'd have thought so, uh, <laughs> but he's he, but he's not been getting he's not been getting first team time either. And there is you know maybe 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 this is the game that's been targeted and that the, the, the those that category of fringe player they've been unlucky this season, gone out of the League Cup very very early. Uh, the first game was the derby at yeah. Anfield where it, it, it did seem as it feel as though it became a game Liverpool had to win for a variety of reasons not least beating Everton which should always be top of any list as to why you should want to win a game this maybe maybe they've been unlucky again that this is Premier League opposition but you do sort of wonder if you might have his eye on one or two of the younger players yeah he's in a difficult position because look he wants to develop footballers but he also needs to win games for Liverpool Football Club and, and sometimes those two things can't conflict with each other and you always feel like the longer it goes into a season the the tougher they they both are to manage I think lots of managers start the season thinking you know they're going to bed in younger players they're going to give experience so then as it gets further and further in you know you saw it last season where we had young benches but he, he just didn't seem to have any real kind of interest or inclination using them which I understand we were in a situation where we we, we needed every point and it was and he and he got the the goal of Champions League football where, uh, which became the sort of you know the, the mission from February February onwards and so it's tough and I'm not saying it isn't tough but, but Ben is one who I feel a little bit sorry for at the moment because it, it feels like it's in danger of becoming a lost year and I saw someone tweet a story today which was that you know feels like a bit of PR put out which is that you know he's, he's benefiting at the moment from training with world-class players and you think well I'm sure he is but it comes a stage a stage at some point where he benefit more from playing with them and and, and just and just feeling that experience, and so so I'd like to see him start this one, not least for him, but for for the for the for the team and for the for not just the future of the team. Well, the short term, long term future of the team. We're hoping he's our long term future, but also in the short term, we we need we need someone to step up now between now and the end of the season. Jurgen Klopp said it in his press conference today that it's very unlikely that we're going to be signing anyone, and he, and he seems to be fairly believable on that. So unless something happens. You can't just rely on Mane, Firmino and Salah. Someone else is going to have to come to the party. Now, who is that? Uh, Andy mentioned Sturridge before. He's he's an option, but his, 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 his fitness and illness record over the last couple of months hasn't been great. You're looking at Solanke, who's not yet scored a goal for Liverpool. Danny Ings, who we, we all like, but you, you, you're not quite sure if, he, if he's the required quality. So I'd be looking to get three of those four on the, on the pitch, at least. If I could find a way to get all four to do it, I would. But, you know, that might not be possible. But And it's all... I'm almost looking at it as a, as a shootout between them, going, okay, who's me man? Who's me man? Who's me first change Tuesday night if we need the goal? And that's what that's what I'd be looking to do. I don't think I'm not. 
too concerned about resting people because I don't actually think since New Year that the the slog's been that bad. But what I'm looking for is okay, who's which of you is going to step up? All play together and, and and show me who's 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 the sharpest, who's the hungriest, who's who's most likely to give me a goal. And then you've got your your your, your impact sub looking forward. Yeah, I mean, I think about thinking about there about mentioning getting all three players on the pitch at the same time I think if you're talking about things storage and maybe a, a wood bin yeah. then that's going to obviously require I think a, a change in shape isn't it really away from where we are now maybe to some some sort of change some variety of 4-4-2 maybe a diamond with, 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 with wood bin behind storage and things and I think if there's a game to do that then this is probably the one because like, go on. Go on. No, no, like, like Andy said before West Brom are going to make some changes as well You'd, you'd think they've got yeah. a big game midweek. Be shocked. Be shocked so players. that's what that's probably where after what I've heard from the press conference today with the players who aren't playing, that's the way I'd be going. Obviously, that depends. I'm not Jurgen Klopp. So it's one of the things that strikes me when we go through this, Tim, is we've got just very quickly. We, we if you play four three three, we've only got one striker who we fancy to be centre forward. If you play four four two, you've got five lads who you can all make an argument could do a really good job in the front two. Yeah. If you know, if you, you know, Salah Firmino. So it's Firmino in the four three three. Salah Firmino, Solanke, Ings, and Sturridge all look to me like footballers who, who you feel you fancy in that four four two. But you don't fancy you only fancy Firmino in the four three three. So maybe he doesn't just need to look at the four four two for the idea of this game or the idea of getting a bit of fitness into these lads or anything like that or for John's shootout for the rest of the season but maybe with the idea that he might play it five or six times before the season John's shootout's on a half past six tomorrow night on Channel 5 <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean that that's a that's a very good point because we're only a knock we're only a Firmino knock away from having to come up with something entirely new in our sort of attack and play aren't we really so if you're going to do it in a game and try things out then like I say this would be the this would be the one to do it for me and also judging by the players who are who are not fit, who probably would have played t- um, tomorrow, um, I think he's probably got no other option now. But knowing Jurgen Klopp, he'll probably come up with something mad and do something that we've never even thought so before. What's the mad thing? Oh, see, we've just had this conversation. Slanky's only been mentioned twice. I think it's Slanky. I, th- I think it's a, it's a game where Slanky might think, you know, have a go here. Um, especially especially if West Brom don't, aren't playing the their uh, Johnny Evans, shall we say? Since the whole defense seems to be built around him. And, um, which is mad. Which is which is mad. Yeah, which is mad. But you know what? He's been quietly impressive for them. Yeah. So the wild card, Dom Solanke gets, gets his first. Okay, we'll do more on this uh, after seven o'clock. This is the Anfield app on Radio City Talk. Okay, going through all the Liverpool related issues after the break. We've got John uh, and Heather Carroll talking to some Liverpool ladies footballers. Don't go anywhere. It is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. In a minute or two, we're going to go over to John Gibbons, uh, who, with Heather Carroll today, spent some time with Liverpool ladies players Beth England and Alex Greenwood. That's to come in a minute or two. But before then, this is Aerosmith with Love in an Elevator. Aerosmith, Love in an Elevator. Listen, earlier today, John Gibbons and Heather Carroll spent some time with Beth England and Alex Greenwood uh, down in Widnes uh, as Liverpool ladies were training today uh, ahead of what's a pretty congested period for them. A lot of good home games at the Select Security Stadium uh, for those who want to go and watch Liverpool ladies to go to. And uh, they had a lovely chat. Here it is. It's John Gibbons for the Anfield Wrap and I'm joined by Heather Carroll and also Beth England and Alex Greenwood from the Liverpool ladies squad. So uh, first of all, nice to see you both. Hello. And uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll just talk about the season so far a little bit. Um, going pretty well. You're both in good form. Um, are you enjoying your football? Are you enjoying how the t- team are playing? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think struggling to remember the last game we had. We've been away <laughs> in England, but yeah, from from you know from what I can remember, we, we are doing really well. Unfortunately, out of the cup, which was disappointing. You know, we we wanted to do well in the cups, but now our focus turns to the WSL and finishing high as possible. We yeah. are in a good position as well in WSL. You know, like fairs above Chelsea, so. No, not above Chelsea, above Arsenal. So we're in a good, a good position. Yeah, definitely. You know, we've still got them to play home and away, and you know we'll be we're looking to take points off off them. And listen, the top teams are probably think of running away with it, but I, I believe we can take points off off all them top teams. If we keep performing like we know we can, we know we can get the points and the results. Um, Beth, we spoke to you on your very first day. You said you were here to score goals. You're the club's top scorer, so you must be uh, pretty pleased yeah. with that. Yeah, I think part of me feels like it was just a bit of a lucky brace against Yeovil, um, but hopefully I can continue that run and keep scoring more goals for the girls and for the team. Um, I think, obviously, as a striker, your main job is to get the goal in the back of the net, so um, the more I do that, the, the better it is for me and the better it is for the team. And are you enjoying it here at Liverpool? Are you enjoying the, uh, the the club and and playing week after week? Yeah, of course. I mean, like any footballer, you just want to you just want to play and be happy playing. And I think with the team that we've got, it's a really good group of girls to play against. And obviously, um, the fan base is is really great as well. So it's really good. 
you mentioned that it's been a while since you two played with Liverpool, but now the games come thick and fast and, and really big games as well. There's an FA Cup tie to look forward to. There's huge game Manchester City, or we, or we, or we know all about. You must feel like this is the business end of the season, really, coming into. Yeah, absolutely. This is the reason we wanted the league to change. You know, for the games to come thick and fast, and we asked for it to be this way. And, you know, five games in the next, what, just over two weeks is is exciting. I know mean, about the other girls, they feel the same way. And like you said there, Man City away will be absolutely massive game but you know they're the games we play football for yeah starting with Bristol tomorrow you know how do you think how do you see these next few games going first and foremost Bristol are a top team you know they're very young um, very ambitious I, I like the way they play I think they play football the right way and um, we'll prepare to our utmost to, to deliver three points tomorrow Um you know how, how we have to do that we, we'll find a way but I really think they're a really top team and we have to be on our A game tomorrow night yeah it's going to be a very tough game I think <laughs> But one one to look forward to though as uh, as well, and as as you say with with these games coming, there's the chance to to do something this season, isn't there? And as as you say, it's, Alex, it's not just about well thinking about well those teams are, are untouchable. It's well there's there's loads of points to play for, but also that FA Cup as well, and 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 going far in that, and maybe to a final, it'd be really exciting for the squad. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's not more than this club deserves, you know, and and the fans the. They're brilliant and we've got girls in this team who, who want to win trophies. That's that's the bottom line of playing football. We're here to win trophies and how we have to do that. We have to deliver. You know, the, the WSL is maybe out of our reach if you be truthfully honest. Yeah. I, but that doesn't change how we approach the games that we're playing. We'll go for three points. Like you mentioned, the FA Cup, I think that is something we will really, really look into. And, you know, with Watford coming up and we're probably favourites to win that game. We won't underestimate them, but, you know, it's a great opportunity to go all the way and take this club to a final. We've arguably just nicked their best player as well. So. <laughs> just that <up> there. <laughs> Makes it even better. Do you know much about her from the for sort of England setup? I know she plays in, in the youth sides. But, yeah, uh, funny enough, the girls, you know, give me a bit of banter. Last time we played them, um, she she waits me off the pitch. To be so you know, if she starts doing that in training, I might have to let her know. <laughs> That's what I've seen. I've seen her play a few times, like England, and I think like she's really strong, isn't she? And she's really direct. So I think she's she'll be raw. a great addition to the side. She's size. just raw and yeah. young, and she's got nothing to lose. And it's what Listen, we needed. We absolutely. needed it, and I think it's, it can only improve the squad. And again, with the games that we've got coming up, we can finally get that momentum rather than stop, start international breaks. We can just get at it and just push on from there. Really. Obviously, people can hear Alex, the other local girl, they'll, they'll have picked up on that. Um, My golden accent. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Bootle is it. Uh, yeah. uh, so another another great Bootle defender at Liverpool. Do you, do you put a little bit more kind of pressure on yourself when, when, when new signings come in? I know you take the penalties at the club, so you obviously you know you see yourself as someone who can who can have responsibility on their shoulders. But do you see that as well when, when there's new players coming that you feel that like you want to explain what the club's about and, and kind of what makes it special? Yeah, of course. I think that's just a natural thing to do. I don't know whether it's a scouse thing or whether it's the club, but you know, I'll always welcome the players and let them know if I they can need sit and vouch for that as well. When I came, she was probably one of the most welcoming girls that has helped me since I've been here. So, yeah, she's a great credit to the team in situations like that for newbies. I'll give her that. <laughs> yeah, young players as well. You know, you've got to set them in. That girls come from from London, and you know, she won't know nothing about Liverpool or or the club. But, if that's the case, and I'll I'll just be letting her know what it's about and what the club is about and what what we expect here. But listen, there's no pressure on these players to come to come to play for Liverpool Football Club. And what a fantastic opportunity! Yeah, and it's a club obviously Beth, that the young players can develop at. That's uh, the reputation that it has kind of throughout the football club, really, and that's something I think that attracted you as well when you, you saw the track record of of how they've taken you know talented players you know upper level really, and that's what. You know, it's a good thing for the club to be known for, isn't it? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think any club needs that foundation of they've got good young players coming through. I don't think they can always rely on necessarily just buying players in left, right and centre. Sometimes clubs don't have that financial stability. But if you've got talent at such a young age, I don't see why there's any reason you can't home grow them and develop them to become the best. Like you look at Neve coming through, she's been absolutely unbelievable for us. And I think it proves that when you take the time and work with the younger generation, that they can step up to the mark when they need to. And it's a manager who believes in it as well and, and believes in, you talked about before, Alex playing football the right way and that's something I've always associated with Liverpool, certainly ever since Scott's taken over, is that 
you know, people who, who maybe haven't been to see the ladies' team yet, you'll see a good team, you'll see a team who plays the right way, as you say, you'll see the team who moves it about high skill levels and, and just want to enjoy the football. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, at this club, it's it's hard work and play football the right way. And we believe if we do both of them, we have a chance of winning every football match. Um, I mean, sometimes you got to have a little bit of luck and you might have to adapt against different teams, but ultimately that's, that's us and that's what you expect to come and see when you can watch us play. Talk about adapting as well. Like I think you look at the two Chelsea games and the first Chelsea game. I thought we defended really well. You know, we only conceded one goal. You know, last few years it's been a bit of a struggle going to Chelsea way. But in the first game, you know, we conceded one and we almost nicked the points as well. So I think there's improvements in defence as well. I mean, if we ignore the second one, but uh, there's improvements at the back as well. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think difference was the first game was uh, about three points um, unfortunately we didn't get them I agree I think we defended really well I think the difference in the second game was we, we had to win the game to go through and we went for it maybe a little bit more and maybe left a few places for them to attack him more but you know that that's football and every game we lose and win we learn from mm-hmm. Okay um, huge thanks to the girls and good luck um, both at the weekend and the rest of the season and we'd all like a nice FA Cup one as well so fingers crossed for that <laughs> Thank you Cheers Excellent all that. Thank you very much indeed to Beth and to Alex for taking the time, obviously, and Heather as well. Always great. All the stuff that Heather does around Liverpool ladies, well worth keeping an eye out for on Twitter. The games then, uh, just to give you the run of them uh, and make clear where you can get the tickets from. The 27th of January, Liverpool ladies against Bristol City, women at home. Uh, The 4th of February, uh, they're against Watford ladies at home. And on the 7th, they're against Arsenal, also at home. It's the Select Security Stadium uh, for those games if you do want to get down. Uh, First one's a half-five kickoff, then a two o'clock, and then a seven o'clock. You can obviously get down and pay on the gate if you'd like to get yourself along there for that. Uh, And it is £5.00. for adults uh, and so that is you know well worth getting along to if you can but listen thank you very much to everyone who took part in that segment for us there uh, and this is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk and after 7 o'clock I'm going to be talking to Mike Nevin about Jimmy Armfield don't go anywhere bit of bonus uh, podcast action now uh, John you spoke to Scott Rogers I did yeah Liverpool ladies manager yeah I really like Scott he's, um, he's a no nonsense he's, he's, yeah, he's very he's, straight isn't he with yeah you? he's got quiet authority um, yeah which which I which I like I like uh, yeah he's 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 a good guy he's he's doing a great job there uh, and a really exciting football team excellent so you spoke to Millie on so this is just only for podcast listeners so I hope you enjoy this uh, is John talking to Scott and with Heather. It's John Gibbons from the Ampere Wrap and I'm with Harry Cowell and uh, Scott Rogers, who's Liverpool Ladies Manager. Um, Scott, I've spoken to you for a while, so just your general assessment on on the season so far, how the squad's developing, and how far you are along in terms of where you want to be and where we're at now. Yeah, I think the season's been quite positive for us. Um, I think we've there's only I keep banging on about it. It's, it's the one game that's really irritated me was the Reading performance. I think it irritated the girls. We as a group, as a collective, we, we weren't happy with that day. But other than that, um, we've put in some very positive performances, some really good results. Um, we're, we're doing well in the league. We, we're where we want to be at the minute. Um, as I say, we've got young players, we've got them some, some playing time and they're doing very well. So for us, it's all, it's all positive. Um, we were saying to the girls before, it feels like the season always starts again Saturday. It's the real business end. The games come thick and fast, important games. The FA Cup starts for, for Liverpool anyway. And it feels like this is the real kind of business part of the season. It is. We always knew that the, the league would be be split up. You knew that when you got the fixtures. We started again just after Christmas and we did really well against Yeovil and then we got another break. Um, there's now a run of games. And as a coach, as, um, as footballers, you want a run of games. You don't want it to be stop-start. Um, but again, you can't concentrate on the long term. You've got to concentrate on on the near one, and that's Bristol. Um, we have to make sure we get our performance right because they're a very good side. And if we're not on our game, then it might be a tricky night for us. Um, you've got a new player in for this uh, run of fixtures as well. Uh, Babaji Day is coming from Watford. Um, sounds an exciting player from from what I've read and what I've heard. And what are you looking forward to from her? Well, she's a, she's an, another. She's in England under twenties. Um, we've got Ali and obviously we've got Neve that are in that forward line or forwards for the England and the 20s so we've now got three of them I think that's positive for the future um, Rinzo is very direct um, technically a good player still a lot to learn um, both tactically and technically um, but for us it was an opportunity to, to bring a young player in and give her a chance um, she's she's hungry and she wants to succeed at the next level and 
my job as a coach is to make sure she gets there. Um, unfortunately, she's not available for um, Saturday night's game um, through moving up, etc. And we've got to give her a little bit of time to settle in. It's been quite a rushed transfer. It was on the, the deadline day. So um, we've given her a few extra days to get settled. And then once she's back in on Monday, um, she should hopefully hit the ground running. Alex was saying before that like she's quite raw, isn't she? But from what I've seen from her, she's really strong as well. So is that something that you're looking forward to working with? Yeah, she's physically... I think she can physically get stronger. I think she is very strong. I think she's very direct and very quick. Um, as you'll notice from the signings over the years, I've been in charge. I like quick players. Um, I like working with quick players because of how I play and the style of football, that the way I play. I think I, I need quick players. Um and she ticks all the moulds with that. But again, she's another one like Neve, where Neve and Ali, you have to be, you have to manage the development. You have to manage not putting too much pressure on them. Um, we'll we'll make sure that we develop her in the right way. My job's to nurture her. Um, we believe she can go on and play at the top level. We believe she'll be a big player for Liverpool um, for many years to come. Um, but first of all, we just gotta let her settle in. Let's let's have a look at her. Let's see what she needs to work on and improve on. Um, but I'm sure she will excite the fans just because of how quick she is. Um, she's she's frighteningly quick. And just from a Liverpool point of view as well, yeah. I'm sure there was lots of other clubs in the league looking at her. Um, she's an obvious one to kind of make a step up. So it must be pleasing from the club's point of view that, that she's chosen to join Liverpool at such a key moment of her career. Yeah, it was said that there was there was other clubs involved. Well, one in the process earlier in the window, and 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 in the last window, wanted to take her away for Watford for whatever reason. She didn't feel they they fitted. We've we played Watford in a friendly in pre-season, and we've kept a close eye on her since. Um, we we decided now was the right time to move um, rather than wait till summer. We decided we've got an opportunity to to give her some some playing time potentially and and develop her for the next six months ahead of what now is the real season again which they keep changing um that's not to undermine this season but again now for us it's you've got to look to this new league in september and you've got to to look at all your players and work out who needs developing where and who needs what and that's important for me as a coach yeah, i suppose it gives like a bedding in period doesn't it just to get used to as you say like the surroundings getting used to the style of the team plays and stuff like that that's it. It's about settling in. It's about settling into this pitch, um, getting used to how it plays because um, it plays differently to to what other teams are used to. Used to, and I think we use it. Our players use it very well because they're on it every single day. They understand the balance of it. They understand how it runs. But again, that's something that we we'll have to work with with Rinzola on how our style works on this pitch. And as I say, I think she will be. She'll be a positive player for us, a fantastic player for us now and in the future, um, and a really pleasing signing to to get over the line. So looking ahead to this one of games, then there's um, an FA Cup tie, which I'm sure the supporters will be excited about as well as the squad. There'll be uh, at some point two big games against Arsenal as well, which will be uh, go in a big way to decide where where Liverpool finish. How much do you look ahead, or how much are you are you primarily focused on the next game? I, I'm focused on on the next game. Um, I don't look. To, obviously, I, I know what's ahead. I know what's coming. Um, but for me, if I take my eye off Bristol, it's pointless worrying about um, Watford now before Bristol, and it's pointless worrying about Arsenal before Watford. Because, in my opinion, if you don't, if you take your eye off the ball, you can get you can get stung by by teams that maybe you didn't expect to. I think it's disrespectful to to start planning for teams that you're going to play in a few weeks and almost forget the teams you're playing now. Bristol are an excellent side. Um, I know Willie really well. Willie their coach, he's a very good coach and they want to play in the right way. So for us, we have to make sure that us as coaches and staff, we get everything on players, we get it all on point on Saturday night to, to get a positive result. Yeah, they did well against Chelsea as well, didn't they, Bristol? I think a few weeks ago, they came close to um, actually getting a win over them. I think Chelsea did beat them in the end 2-1, but... Um, so they are like a good young side. Yeah, they're they're a very good young side. They like to play football, play possession football. They like, they like to play the right way, similar to us in a sense. Um, he's doing it with a mixture of of experience and with youth players, which is is currently what we're looking at to develop for the long term. Because I think it's quite easy to to look short term, but you've got to think about how you develop the club for the long term. I want to um, make sure that this club keeps developing and is keep competing at the top level and to do that you have to keep bringing through young players and it's it's 
getting the blend right. If you go too young, then it doesn't handle this level. You can't handle it. Um, if you go too experienced, then you never actually get any young players through. Even if you look at Man City um, with Ellie Roebuck in nets, Nick's doing a similar thing. Um, they're trying to bring some young players through. I think as a league, yes, and as, as clubs, we have a priority is to win games. That goes without saying. But I think when we're trying to also develop the women's game and develop women's football, we also have um, a duty, would probably be the word, to to develop the next generation. And I think it's important that us at this football club, we get the balance right of making sure that this women's team and on and off the pitch keeps growing and growing over the next few years because that's an important part of my task. Um, and I see that as, as big as on the pitch and off the pitches. They're both equally the same. I think as well this season, especially what I've noticed, I think we've tightened up at the back defensively. And do you think that's the influence of Casey Stoney maybe coming through and we're improving all the time as well? And I've got Amy Turner <clears> back <throat> as well from injury. Yeah, potentially. I think Casey's had a big impact on us. She's she's been fantastic since she's come in working uh, for well, coming and playing for us. She's been fantastic. Um, good around the dressing room. Good experience with the the younger players. Um, we have Amy Turner who, who looks fantastic now. I keep saying fantastic, but looks brilliant. Um, it back in training, she looks really good. Um, so she's knocking on the door to to be regularly starting. We have young Ellie Fletcher who's away with the England under 19. She's just captain the England under 19. So we have some good young players that can play in them areas. And I think a big part of it was that that back line seems to be playing together more. And you know yourself if in football the the more consistency you can get, the more you understand each other, the more likely you are to recognise when one and each other is going to make mistakes and the more likely you are to to be able to bail each other out. And I think that's a big part of it being down to the girls and, and probably down to, to training every day together and consistency. Um, but yes, we're pleased with the defence, but ultimately you defend as a team, not just a defence. So um, as a team, we've defended much better this year. In terms of goals for the rest of the season, is that is that something that you set? Is that something you talk about? Um, is that something you share? Yeah, yeah. The the goal's really simple. It's it's three points against Bristol. That that really is the goal. Um, if you, I've never worked any other way, and I've said it since I got the job. I won't change it now. It's sometimes you can set targets. Let's be honest. I could set right. Well, I want fifteen points out of the next five games. If I set to the players, I wanted twelve. What does that say to them? Well, that says we can get beat in one of the games. So I've never been a big believer in in setting targets. I know what I want to achieve from this squad and I'll know at the end of the season whether we've done enough as a group collectively to be there. But to me, the biggest target is the next three points. And for me, that's Bristol. Back to the City Talk show in a moment or two, but we're going to have a chat to Mike Nevin and John Gibbons. Got Mike coming up talking about Jimmy Armfield in a few seconds, but before then, we're going to talk uh, about Reds bet this weekend, Mike. And uh, it is, uh, yeah, it's an interesting uh, weekend. Full stop. I think to to to, to look at what's happening in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Uh, there's a few a few Saturday three pm's. Wigan at home to West Ham appeals. Uh, there's a couple in there where you're thinking that you know. Not County Swansea's got an appeal about it as well mm. as a three pm. It is quite the uh, quite the pack calendar. Yeah, it's, I mean you know fourth round. I mean everyone fixates on the third round and that being the best day of the season. But for me, it's always, it just gets better and better the FA Cup as it as it progresses. Um, and there's some good ties. I mean it, you know when the draw was made, I mean immediately I think a few of them stood out. And I know it's, it's always a bit splintered these days with with it going Friday through Monday. Um, I think United play at Yeovil tonight. I don't think that's um, I don't think that's a gimme. Um, don't you? No, I don't. Um, I mean, because it's always a difficult place to go. Um, Liverpool, I think, struggled to beat them. Um, something like, I don't know, 12, 14 years ago. It's that slope at Huish Park. Um, it's a, it's a, not a leveller, um, but, but it could be. Um, yeah, it's quite, yeah. It's, 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 it's not, it's not, you can't argue the facts, can you, John? Oh, I don't know why. I don't know. I, my head's fell off a bit on me. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of the word. I, I, can't, I can't square the circle. <laughs> yeah, so uh, well, we'll, we'll see if the uh, the slope is a level. Uh, I'm quite proud of myself with that one. Um, yeah, so there's, you know there's, jokes there's, that you stumble into. That, that's right. Yeah, the best ones. Yeah, everything's better without pre-planning. Um, yeah, so again, it's um, you know it's it, it, it's a strong weekend, interesting ties right across the weekend, and obviously for Liverpool, a winnable tie, but not you know not something that you you. 
um, be complacent about because obviously our record in the cup over the last couple of seasons, putting out slightly weakened sides against, well, certainly a very weakened side against West Ham a couple of seasons ago, where, where I felt we, we pretty much gave away our um, place in the FA Cup. And then last season against Wolves, which came uh, really sort of in the midst of that difficult week that we had at Anfield. And again, but you know, there were players playing that probably wouldn't. So I don't think I don't think there's there's room for. For too much manoeuvre for Liverpool, but at the same time, big game needs to progress. It, to me, I mean, it, I think it's fairly obvious to say if you want to if you want to look at odds for Liverpool to win something this season, then they're shorter for the, to the FA Cup than they are for anything else. I think to be fair to uh, the manager in both those FA Cup games you mentioned, we were heavily into the, the League Cup in both those, weren't we? We had and in the uh, year that West Ham, yeah, yeah, we had we had well, both years we had semi-finals. Last year we we um, we, we had we Southampton, Southampton, in the and, yeah. and, and and. And those games, and it just it just felt like both times there was a lot of games, and something kind of something had to give. Really, on this occasion, he's you know when we're not in the same situation, and he might feel like he wants to use his squad just because he wants to have a look at them. But it's mm. a different thing from feeling like you want to. I think, I think so. I think there's a, le- a lesson to be learned really from the past, or something that he might he might want to copy is that in two thousand and four or five, um, Rafa played a week a week inside at Burnley. We lost one nil, the famous Jim, Jimmy Shrewsbury yeah. on goal, and he, he got dogs abuse for it, yeah. didn't he, for, for mistreating the values of the FA and Cup. I still feel sorry for Rafa on that one because he picked the strong team and the game got called that, off. He, he did, and, that, <laughs> and, and also he was in the throws of the League Cup yeah. campaign that season. He, he as was, well. and, and a European Cup campaign, so it was entirely understandable. Yeah. John makes a good point there about the circumstances in, in which those two FA Cup ties that we've lost in the last two years have fallen amid other fixtures. Um, that's perfectly fair. Obviously, what we've got this year is we're not in the League Cup. Yeah. And the uh, the Champions League doesn't doesn't get cracking for for another uh, three four weeks. So, you know there is scope for him to play a stronger team. I don't think he'll go full strength. I wouldn't expect him to. Um, but you, but it's a game that you want to win. And equally, you've got to take into consideration what West Brom do. It always it baffles me why sides like West Brom that aren't necessarily in, in, in a relegation battle most years don't field a team to get themselves to an FA Cup final. Well, they are in a relegation battle this they year. Are this we'll, year. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll come on and do that in a minute or two after we talk about Jimmy Armfield. But before then, I just want to go through your Reds Bet specials then, Mike. Uh, Redsbet.com yeah. uh, if you want to uh, come and set up an account and partake. If you do gamble, uh, this, this the point of this, uh, the Reds Bet offer is firstly Liverpool orientated specials but also secondly Liverpool orientated sharing of losses so 50% of losses go back into Liverpool supporter related causes um, so if you do if you are someone who enjoys a gamble around your football do come and join us and if you're not this isn't for you and that's all perfectly alright uh, just very quickly then your specials this weekend your great weekend Liverpool win and United and Chelsea fail to win that's a 20 to 1 on that mm. it's a little bit of a tempter if I'm honest with you yeah and you know that's that, that's that's your celebration money isn't it um, you know if that comes in and you've had, you've had a great result uh, you know sort of a, a weekend results wise then you've got a few Pound in your pocket to go out and, uh, and have a pint. The perfect weekend, Liverpool to win. Uh, Man United lose, Chelsea lose 150 to one. Uh, that one does feel stern. Well, obviously, if that happens, then you know you're probably pretty fancy going on holiday. So, <laughs> so you'll have enough brass for that. And uh, what I call the Gutman uh, bet, the horrible weekends. Liverpool <laughs> yeah. fail to win, Man United win, and Chelsea win. And this is insu- this is ensuring against feeling utterly devastated and going to bed at four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Um, but you know, yeah, you'll you'll win a few bob as consolation. Rob's a, a purveyor of bets against Liverpool. He's a staunch Liverpoolian. So so awful is the prospect of Liverpool losing that he regularly bets bets against us. And, and, and yeah, I need I need to get him signed <laughs> signed up as soon as possible. Uh, you yeah. very you very much do. Uh, just for the Liverpool supporter related causes, uh, baggy baggy's trousers at Liverpool to win to nil uh, is one in here. That's, That's madness. About that, even it? money, uh, baggy's trousers. Yeah. Uh, nice one, Cyril. Six or more goals in the game. Yeah. to Cyril Regis. Yeah, and because we, we haven't really had a chance to to, to pay tribute to, to, to uh, Cyril Regis, who wasn't only a great footballer, but he was a, a trailblazer for black footballers in an era when um, there was far more racism racism on the on the terrace, and he stood up to it. Um, he didn't shun it. He stood up to it, in, and he was a man about it. And he, 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 I just think he was he was he was inspirational for young black footballers growing up at that time as teenagers. And obviously, in in later years, black footballers, you know, they're you know right through the, the Premier League, and Cyril, you know, I'm sure he was a hero to many of them, um, and his and his and his colleagues at West Brom as well, Brendan Batson and um, Laurie Cunningham, the late Laurie Cunningham. So uh, it's yeah. very very sad that that uh, that triumvirate of, of great players. There's only uh, there's only Brendan Batson left now. Uh, um, very very sad. 
Okay, next one. Uh, Bob and Moe's Saturday Night Takeaway. That's Mane and Salah both to score. Could be undermined by rotation, that one. Boeing, Boeing, Liverpool to win from behind. 11 to 2. Yeah. Like, like that one. That's a play on the uh, the, the West Brom. Uh, do you not have to uh, explain song, the mic? Yeah. The listeners know. Do they? All yeah, yeah. yeah well, enough for the mic. Enough for them. Fair enough. Okay. And those who don't know, they'll find out. They'll Good. work on it. John, tell them off. You know, we can, we can trust these. <laughs> no, I mean, Mike just wants to be inclusive, though, doesn't it's he? He wants everyone to get his jokes. That, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, otherwise, there's no point. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and, he, and he'll ruin them if he needs to. <laughs> Uh, par, par you'll get him with a hammer if you have to yeah par due, par due for the course uh, Liverpool to win by four or more and to play on way to par for the course Neil thanks, thanks, thanks John uh, which is a, a, you know, a vernacular based around golf uh, just, just for those who are really struggling at the back <laughs> are we being mean Mike we no no mean? I'm just joining in no. <laughs> final countdown uh, is another one that you've just got sitting in here it's a general special I think Liverpool to reach the final of the 2017-18 UEFA Champions League as well so all them to do on Reds bet uh, if you what get was the, the price on that one? Which one? Final countdown. Final seven countdown. to one. Seven to one. Mm. And it, that's it. And that's I like that you asked me with interest. It's your no, company. Yes. No, 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 I, I didn't write that. Best. Oh, no, yeah, all, yeah. all the other ones I I, I write. I mean, that's the, that's a real fun part of my job. Um, <laughs> right. I, I lie in bed, you know, all hours in the night, in the morning, thinking about my specials and uh, all I get Chris McGuire to do them uh, if I'm a bit too pushed. But um, the final countdown one is it's, it's it's interesting in the sense that I know a lot of people that take a, a punt on that bet. Because if you if the bet comes in and Liverpool reach the final, then it's a way of paying for your trip. Yeah. So uh, you know if you're thinking about like an outlay of about I don't know three hundred quid to get to, to Kiev or something, then you know you can obviously work out how much you need to put on that bet. Fifty and pounds it, on. It's yeah, fifty pay pounds. Pays for, pay for your flight and probably accommodation as well. If you depending on where you stay, and if you stay in one of Gibbo's hotels, you probably have to put double on. You go with Mick Clark. I've got a bed. He's got, he's got he's got spends out the back of that. But if you <laughs> Gutman on the other hand, uh, Gutman on the other hand needs it about seven times over anyway. That's, that's uh, pays for the train to the flight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and our group, of, my, the group of lads that I go to the game with, we did this exactly the same uh, when we reached the League Cup final against City the other the other year. And it's brilliant when you get to the final and you win your bet and you think, we're going to have a great time. We still pay for it. It's all sorted in advance. Listen, thanks to Mike for coming in. Uh, in a minute or two, you're going to listen to me and Mike talk about Jimmy Armfield. Uh, but before then, uh, we will get back over. And uh, this is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. See you in a minute. Indeed, welcome back. It is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. And before we get back to Tim and to Andy and to John, I wanted to spend some time this week uh, to chat to Mike Nevin about Jimmy Armfield, uh, footballer, uh, manager, uh, journalist and broadcaster, Mike. And I think it's the latter that will live longest in the memory, although it is worth pointing out that there was one hell of a career there as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jimmy sort of first came to my attention uh, probably sort of mid-70s as I was getting into footy and he he was Leeds as manager. Um, and a lesser known fact about him is that he, he reached the European Cup final with Leeds which they very unfortunately lost to Bayern Munich so he he was no slouch as a manager um, but yeah I mean later on as I was getting into footy and obviously there was a lot of listening to the radio in those days and Jimmy Arnfield was the doyen of summarisers, uh, the doyen of broadcasters, in my opinion. Um, you and I have, have spoken about him regularly as being somebody brilliant to listen to. And I think your comment was that where cricket has a test match special uh, for radio listeners and football, okay, that's commentaries, but Jimmy was the probably the, the most obvious candidate from the uh, the football radio fraternity that could have just seamlessly dropped himself into test match special with the you know the ability, well, the, the need for to be a raconteur, to tell stories, to give, but also to give insight and to give insight at the right time and not to speak over people. Um, and he, he's just, and, and I had the pleasure of meeting him um, uh, a few years back. It was actually the the, the, the weekend of the, um, when the hip report came out and I was lucky enough to uh, to be asked by Five Live to, to sort of say what I thought about the, the report um, in advance of us playing Manchester United. And uh, and Jimmy Armfield was on the same uh, five minute clip, so I arrived sort of just about on time, and I was just in awe of him because I, I, I knew I'd obviously researched his career as well, and we'll go on to that in a, in a minute in terms of his playing career. Um, and I was just dead excited to meet him, and I, I just hoped that you know he'd live up to all my expectations, and he more than did that. Um, he'd recently um, been suffering from cancer, and uh, and I just I just I just went up to him and said, uh, Jim, you know, I'm a big big fan. How are you, mate? And he just put his arm around. He put put his arm around me. He says, "Never mind me. How are you? What's your name?" And uh, I was I was just blown away. And then spent five minutes chatting to him. Um, asked him about playing with Stanley Matthews. <clears throat> you know all the greats. I mean, he's played with all the greats. He's, you know, he, he was he was he, he knew Duncan Edwards really well. 
Um, you know, I mean, you go on forever about the people that Jimmy Arfield has played with, uh, the people that Jimmy Arfield has worked with. Um, he was just a great, great man. And, you know, when, when people die, uh, you know, in the sort of late 70s, 80s and 90s, you know, you, you don't really sort of mourn them in, in the same sense as you do someone dying young. But when I heard the news on Tuesday, uh, I think it was, it was actually Monday, it took, me, it took me 24 hours, I think, for it to sink in. I was genuinely, genuinely upset. Um, and he, he, he's a massive loss to football. He's a massive loss to broadcasting. Um, he was still going strong up until recently. Um, unfortunately, um, he, he lapsed back into in, into cancer, and, and you know that's um, you know that's why why he's, he's passed away sadly. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't speak any more highly of the man. For me, one of the things that you take from from, from listening to him as a broadcaster, Mike, is the is the warmth and generosity, but also he was never yesterday's man and I think that's really really important and that's why it does feel like a present loss in that mm-hmm. he was still you know up to when he finishes uh, in terms of radio summarizers he was still the best at what it was and, yeah. and I think the reason for that is because because the way in which he viewed the game he viewed it in the ter- in, in the sense of the timeless values that will always underpin the game yeah. which is which is players making right decisions mm-hmm. which is um, you know which is playing with bravery which isn't the same as tackling hard mm-hmm. uh, which is working hard and working yeah. for each other yeah. and all those values that will that will define a good football team in any era with mm-hmm. the values that he believed in, and so he didn't have to sort. He never sat. He never had to do the yesterday's man thing. He didn't have to do. He never really had to do in my day. But when he did cite something from in his day, you knew it was a relevant example. And I think that is it's so rare. I mean, it's so rare even amongst amongst television and, and radio summarizers who've only just finished the career at times yeah. where they can already sound you know sound dated, sound like they're pulling reference points. But because the way in which you, you got the impression, his view of the game and his love of the game. And his love of the game's eternal truths, for want mm. of a better phrase, and that's what came through, and why he was eternally young, he was eternally surprised, he was eternally pleased to be there, he was eternally enjoying this game of football, and that's, I think, one of the things that you'll miss—that clear voice, that just loved the game of football. He did. I mean, and that—that's exactly right. I mean, he, he just never fell out of love with football, um, right to the very end, and the enthusiasm with with which he commentated, as you rightly say, he was always pleased to be there. You know, there's, there's other there's other summarizers out there, and I can't, without mentioning any any names, that's. Sometimes if there's if it's a, a drab game, it sounds like it's a chore to them when it should be a privilege. Um, and it's funny that you mention um, the, the the fact that he he wasn't one of these in my day characters. I mean, let's face it, we're all at the mercy of that. I mean, I it's asked me tomorrow, do I want to see a cup tie from two thousand and eighteen, or do I want to see one from eighty five, eighty six? I'll go eighty five, eighty six <laughs> any day of the week. I'll still go tomorrow, and I'll still take a lot of pleasure from the game. Um, but you do have your favourite areas, and it's inevitable. I mean, my dad. My dad and I have an argument about the the, the 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 you know the the weight of the ball. He's convinced that the balls it, it weighs you know, more or less the same as a balloon. It's not. And, and I've actually bought him a ball recently and threw it <laughs> and threw threw it threw it at him and said, "Cough for that." Um, took him by surprise. One of the many things that you haven't got in common with Jimmy Armfield, there, mate. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but it's funny that uh, in terms of of Jimmy and Jimmy, you know, he played with Stanley Matthews as I said before. Um, in in the Bolton, sorry, in the Blackpool team that famously won the FA Cup in '53 to give Matthews his long sought for FA Cup winners medal, and and Matthews obviously stands out as a great of the game, as a great of the game, and I think Jimmy said he's probably the best player he's ever seen. Um, but I met Stanley Matthews just by chance actually when uh, De Cuberton's Sports Bar was opening in Liverpool about probably about know, twenty years ago perhaps, um, and Stanley unfortunately didn't live up to my expectations because. We spent five minutes talking, and it was all about in my day, in my day, in my day, and and the irony was that Stanley Matthews played till he was fifty. So I'm not quite sure what days he was talking about. <laughs> you know, it was a span of about thirty three years playing. But yeah, back to Jimmy. One of, well, one of the things that's at the core of Jimmy, I think, is also the is that unlike again a fair few a fair few former players. He, 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 he both he, he managed to have enough both success and failure within his career. He, you know, he, he was able to sort of take a step back, be a little bit distanced from it as well. And I think again, that's something which I think there's always a reminder with him um, when you listen to him commentate that it is a game, yeah, and that people are going to make mistakes, and that mistakes are part of it. He went down uh, during 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 his time at Blackpool. You know, he was he was at the club when there was mm. a relegation. You mentioned before, and he got a lead side to the European Cup final as a manager. Mm. And I think that that again, that always sort of came through with him that this was that it, football. You, you refer to football as a game. 
game of football for a reason, which is mm. that there's, you know, the, the, the it never felt like it had to be, you know, it was never shouting and screaming. It was never ranting and raving. It was never, I'm going to try to tell you how important this is by the volume that I put over in my voice. It was very much a, a, a caring outlook towards the it, idea it, that these footballers, they're just trying their best. Yeah, it was, I, I, was always calm and collected. I think, but basically, um, like myself, he loved, he just gen- genuinely loved footballers. Um which I think is a great... If you're going to enjoy your football, you've got to like the people that are performing for you, that, that you're paying to see. You've got to like them. Um, and I think that that even sort of extends to the opposition at times. Give them some stick during the game, but appreciate them as professionals. You know, it's, it's their job to stop you having a nice time and, and, and let you win the game. Um, another thing about Jimmy Arnfield as well, I mean, you're right to point out that he had some some difficulties, in it, but he had loads and loads of success. I think he played 600-odd games, 670 things, games for Blackpool, all told. So he's a one-club man. Um, but a really interesting thing about him is that... Um, in 1957, he was tapped up, and there, there, there's a, an indicator that the game hasn't changed an awful lot, in, certainly in certain senses. He was tapped up to see if he was interested in signing for Manchester United and Matt Busby. Um, now, as it turned out, he was under contract, so Blackpool wouldn't let him go. Um, and in those days, there was no such thing as player power, really. And he just he just buckled down and got on with it. He loved playing for Blackpool anyway. It, was, it wasn't any great shakes not to be able to join United. But he said... Had you know, had it been possible, he probably would have signed for United. And why wouldn't he to go and play with the Busby Babes? Um, now, naturally, that leads to the question: Well, had he done that, you know, would the fates have have been different to him? And um, when he was interviewed by the BBC um, not long ago, about a year ago, and I'd recommend this fab- fabulous podcast, which has been put out so. again this this week for everybody. Um, the the the, um, the guy who does the the interview asks him uh, do you do you do you do you think you know what might have been had you gone to United and he he went no it was bad enough as it was and you get it just the most unselfish man ever um, and he was just an absolute diamond and let's not um, sort of denigrate his playing career as well I think he played forty two times for England he captained England and tragically he 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 would have been in the England World Cup squad he was actually named in the squad. But had been displaced by George Cohen because he had he had a bad a bad um, a bad injury which put him out of the game for nearly a year. But he got back into the squad, um, but just not quite back into the team. So he would have been most likely in the England World Cup winning team. He eventually was awarded a medal by FIFA um, to recognise his place in the squad. Um, I've got to say now. Yeah, and he played he played in nineteen in the nineteen sixty two World Cup. Yep. England lost to Brazil. Brazil went on to win the to Brazil went on to win the World Cup. Um, and they were unfortunate in that game. And in the semi-finals, they played um, Czechoslovakia, who they'd actually beaten four-one away with Jimmy playing. And he he was a, he was a right back, and he was he was um, thought to be the the, the the right back who invented the overlap. Um, and that was mainly down to the fact that he was playing with Stanley Matthews. So, but it was all his idea because he'd say to Matthews, "You cut inside, you cut inside, you take your two-man markers with you, and I'll go round the side." Um, but he sort of did it of his own volition. And when he get, gets back in the in the dressing room after scoring a goal from a through ball where he goes round the side and then he's one-on-one with the keeper, manager goes, what was all that about? <laughs> um, so, and, and that's, the, that's the other thing as well. It, it, his, his understated wit as well. Um, you know, he wouldn't go shouting jokes or screaming this or screaming that for effect. He'd just deliver witticisms in this beautifully, uh, beautiful Lancashire accent, what I, I, I describe as a beautiful Lancashire accent. Indeed. So that Mike Nevin there. Thanks, Mike, for coming in and talking to us about Jimmy Anfield, who passed away uh, on the 22nd of January. Uh, this is the Anfield Wrap. Uh, on Friday evening, if you're listening in time, there's a quiz night at Sefton Park Cricket Club in aid of calm. Uh, it is £3 ahead on your way in there, so get yourself down if you get the opportunity after listening to this. Uh, but as I said before, this is the Anfield Wrap. Thanks again to Mike for coming in. And we're going to play you a song, and then we're going to get back to talking about Liverpool versus West Bromwich Albion. This is ACDC with Back in Black. ACDC back in black. Uh, this is the Anfield app. Neil Atkinson, Grandy Heaton, Tim Smith and John Gibbons back. Really good to Mike to come in and talk about Jimmy Arnfield. He very much wanted to do it, but I think it's important that men like Jimmy Arnfield are noted and remembered from us all. But uh, moving forward to, to look at the next game, because that's the thing about football. There's always another game. There's no time to take a breath. Liverpool play West Brom this weekend. And at the start of the show, gents, you were letting us know, beginning to get to the point where you begin to work out what it is that you'd like to do, what it is that you'd like to see done by Liverpool. But before then, and it's it was a point that Andy made a couple of times before, John, West Brom, they are in a predicament. They're 19th in the table. They've only won three times all year. And I think four times, if you include the FA Cup game, uh, that they won at Exeter to get them through to this round. And I think this is a... 
you know, we, we saw this with Crystal Palace a couple of seasons ago under Pardew as well, where it's not just Pardew's fault this, it's, it's he hasn't been in the club for the duration of the season, but where football clubs suddenly just manage footballers and football clubs just sort of lose the ability to win yeah. a little bit. And that's, that really seems to have, to have struck West Brom. Yeah, because they were quite impressive at Anfield in the in the in the Premier League. I know we weren't great that night, but I thought they 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 dealt with everything that that we we threw at that we threw at them pretty well. They they looked solid. They looked big. They looked like they knew what they were doing. And sometimes you'd have teams who were down in the Premier League, and you think these teams are just a shambles. They were certainly not a shambles. They they were far from it. So I think. They've they've almost become maybe a little bit too well organised, and maybe that's it. You know, they've 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 looked to sign players who were who were battlers, and maybe looked to sign players who very streetwise. But they've they've they haven't quite got that magic, and and when you haven't got that, you you even struggle to win the games that you're supposed to win. And I think teams who teams at the bottom, if you like, who survive are the are the ones who they look at the other bottom 10 and think we're going to win five six of them at home at least and then we'll pick up the other points and West Brom haven't got that you wouldn't you wouldn't fancy them to beat anyone and that's and that's what the, the issue they've got in do you want you want fans to beat anyone Andy you go through the, the results they've had this season and apart apart from one bad day at home to Chelsea no one's and that was the game that signaled Pulis's departure no one's battered them They've lost a lot of games and they've failed to win a lot of games, but the, it isn't as though you're going through result after result where they've been shipping threes and fours or anything like that. That just has not happened to them at any stage during the campaign. If, if anything, it's been it's been dismal draws or defeats by Huddersfield one nil or stuff like that. That's what's that's what's done for them. That's what's put them in this position. It hasn't been getting battered home and away. No, but maybe it's just the evolution of football. These 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 shifts happen all the time. When because for everything you've just said, you could have said Stoke City. Mm. Um, and they both play a similar type of football set up the same way pride themselves on being tight being first to the tackle keeping everything close together being compact and get trying to get the, the, uh, the old goal at the opposite end of the pitch it might be that I'm just just come to, come to me when you're talking about it then for everything yeah. you've just said then you compare it, it, it it's apples and it's apples and apples I think that's definitely the case for a fair few of these sides at the bottom team, and it almost feels as though your, t- your season turns into a bit of a toss of a coin. If, if your entire game plan is keep games dead, dead tight, and then all of a sudden you just keep being on the receiving end of the keep games dead, dead tight thing where it doesn't break for you, and then before you know where you are, you've got a bit of a squad and a, a supporter base who are going, we're not getting the breaks, we're not getting any luck. You lose morale, everyone's head drops a little bit, but suddenly you, you, you're you managing to play 24 league games and actually only lose 10 or 11 of them, uh, but, you, but you still find yourself because you can only win three at the very very bottom of the table and everyone's saying oh we've been unlucky there or oh there's another tight game yeah because I guess those, that for a long time with I guess newly promoted teams or sort of teams in the bottom half of the league was a was probably a blueprint a blueprint to, to stay in the league or to at least move your way towards being in mid-table and I think sort of I was thinking along the lines of what Andy just said really the way football has sort of changed now and teams who are coming up into the Premier League on the whole, I wouldn't say aren't necessarily sort of doing that. Maybe they're, they're trying to they're trying to do things maybe a little bit differently. Whether that's because there's more money available now, so you're not just having to buy players who will just come and make you tight. You can maybe buy that a bit more of an extravagant player. And okay, because I think this season I'm taking Bournemouth as an example. Came up and tried to play a bit of football. We're trying to keep it tight. And okay, it's it's coming. They're coming back down towards the bottom this season. But for a couple of seasons, they were doing okay. I think. Huddersfield and Brighton probably a little bit the same this season whereby at the beginning of the season weren't coming up to, okay they were being tight at the same time but equally they're trying to play a bit more of an expansive game of football I think and um, I just think that now maybe football is changing a bit and that's that that old I guess old fashioned if you like for, for the Premier League style is maybe not going to cut the mustard anymore Just just on what Tim's saying there the most successful of the, the teams that have come up recently who look like they've, they've found a way around it is Burnley look at Burnley's season they're still tight but they're not playing in the way. If, if you would have said to anyone, Burnley are in this position after X amount of game a couple of years ago, you'd think, right, it's Bolton Mark 2 or very Allardyce. And it's actually, it's not. Yeah. They don't, they don't play passive football though, Burnley. And I think that is the difference is that, you know, West Brom, they're sort of waiting for things to happen in the game, whereas Burnley make things happen in, in, in football games. And I think, I think that's, that's maybe, uh, we broke into, to, to dangerously an interesting topic here, but uh, I think it's maybe that's, that's kind of what the, what the difference is, is that, you know, it was like what, what, what Jan Klopp said in the uh, press conference, um, last week, which was that you can, we can stand on the edge of the area and hope you win the lottery, but 
it's unlikely. And I think that kind of thing, hoping for the best is, is maybe what's going out of football and the teams who are determined, like Huddersfield, to, to, to make things happen in games are the ones who get rewarded. Um, Liverpool then uh, coming back to them and I do think it is interesting as to the fact that everyone from ninth down finds themselves simultaneously mid-table and in a relegation battle and it is one for for another day yeah we'll see who goes down we might end up looking stupid <laughs> yeah very much so uh, but how many changes are you expecting because I've sort of got seven in my head John I think Liverpool will make seven changes from the side that played against Swansea okay uh, he's going to swap the keeper because he's told us um, he, he's surely swapped the right back um, centre-halves um I think he might bring Lovren in, so that's one. So three. Three I, already. I don't think he can change the left back, can he? Is Moreno back yet? I think Moreno may be, it may be a bit, bit early bit for Moreno. So, so, so another, one for, another one for Andy. Um, midfield, I think Henderson comes in. Uh, we'll yeah. play with one other, so that's four. Um, and then I think he'll do the whole of the front four. So that's, I'm doing eight. You've got it. You've got to eight. Yeah. Eight. When he said another one for Andy, then I'm thinking, what have I got to do? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Andy. Oh, yeah. You're putting the pink up. Uh, <laughs> that's your eight. Uh, eight plus or minus, Andy. Give me any advance on eight. Yeah. Are you happy no, with I mean, it's just out of interest. I'm, I'm Sam. Yeah, no, Are I'm, you Sam with what John's described? As long as the Lanky starts and he gets me gold, I've said he's going to get him absolutely fine. So you're fine with that. You're fine with it. Even with the, uh, with the view that, you know, if we get mugged on Saturday night television, we're all furious. We're all very, very grumpy. I'm, I'm, I'm not, might, you know, I'm not, I you think know. he might do seven just because I'm thinking about the balance. And so I think in terms of not just balance of of experience and, and youth or, or, or lads who play the lads who haven't, but just in terms of just how, how a football team, you know, plays. I think I think one of maybe Mane, Oxlade-Chamberlain or Salah, just to, just to give you a bit more natural width. So I'm, I'm scaling it back to seven. Um, I think Oxlade-Chamberlain will start. Yeah. And that'll probably guess fit in with what I said before about that diamond. Because I reckon he might change the, t- the front two. Maybe a whooping in behind and then have Henderson, Oxley Chamberlain. Lallana can't play, so one of Channel Manal. And one of them to sit, or Henderson sits and the other one's in the side alongside Chamberlain. So, yeah, seven. Seven, seven might be the one. There's where Jürgen changes all 11. And we all just go, what's going on? All goes unchanged, apart from the <laughs> no, goalkeeper, well, yeah. he's told us that one. Uh, and he goes right the way through from there. Listen, I think it's. I, th- I, th- I think the other thing as well, John, is Huddersfield is so very significant in that we can't, we can't fail to win those two away games back to back for a variety of reasons. One is Tottenham. It's Tottenham Man United as well to come on the Wednesday night. So that's that's someone's dropping points, if you know what I mean. We've got to put the pressure on. We've got to keep. We've got to keep the hammer down on on ourselves and on everyone around us. Yeah, a kind of um, Roberts of, of this parish raised a column for Unibet this week and, and talked about how the team's very good at bouncing back, and I think that is worth bearing in mind. But if that's something that you pride yourself on being good at, then you've sort of got to keep that going, really. Because so if if you lose this one, then then you know do the players start thinking, oh, oh is, is something seriously wrong here? Are we in a bit of a rut? We normally we normally bounce back well type things. So I think I think it's important for the team. I think it's important for for how we feel. We are kind of moving forward into what's always the business end of the season, I suppose, because we we've seen key months kind of make or break us and I'm, I'm hoping in a month's time that we're 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 through in the Champions League we're still in the FA Cup and we're, and we're in a fantastic position for fourth place be, or, or the top four you know even even higher why not because I think that'll that'll energise all of us Excellent stuff give me your prediction for the game Andy uh, Westbrook and Liverpool 3 West Brom 1 Dominic Solanke 3 West Brom 1 uh, Tim um, i go with a nice routine 2-0 2-0 for the Reds John 3-0 Liverpool 3-0 Liverpool alright thank you very much to everyone who's contributed to the Anfield app this week it's a huge huge number of people doing little different bits and pieces for you but very much uh, thanks to the gentlemen in front of me Andy Heaton Tim Smith and John Gibbons Liverpool Saturday Night Football Jürgen wants us all to go out afterwards well then he's, it's down to him to put the spring in our step with the 11 lads that he picks let them get the results let Liverpool be in the hat let's just have a bit of a cup run it'll be fantastic and then we can all go to town Sports Social Podcast Network